Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father, <clears throat> from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who comes to us now to bring the blessing of his Father through the Spirit to make you children of God yet again. Amen. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost is one of the big festivals of the church, but you don't usually notice that, other than we have a big procession and we're all decked out in red, because it happens to come in summer and everybody's pretty tired of Easter uh, by this point. But it's on the scale of Christmas and Easter, and in fact, it comes on the, end, on the heels of Easter, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, in order to remind us that Easter never ends, but the Spirit comes to remind us, to give us the risen life of Christ now and forever. As Jesus promised, the Spirit will be with you forever. Of course, we put on our red. Sometimes we uh, get really excited for things, but it's about the Holy Spirit, and so we're always a little bit tentative. We're not quite sure what the Spirit's up to. And so we do things to make, a, make it understandable for us. So every once in a while, I'll see a, see a church that says, everybody bring a red balloon and blow it up and let it go so that the, so that the spirit is like letting go and the, it blows wherever it wants. Or sometimes I've seen churches make a big birthday cake and blow out the candles and say, this is the birthday of the church. And all of these things might be helpful to a point, but really what I think they're really communicating to us is we don't really know what happens on Pentecost. And we kind of trivialize Pentecost because we're not quite sure what the Spirit is up to in the world, and so we kind of dumb it down for everybody in order to make sure that something happened on this important day. But what's happening on Pentecost is just what we heard throughout our Scripture readings today. The Spirit speaking Christ's word to us, making sure that everywhere we go, we hear the promise of Christ. We talk about the Spirit as a comforter who comes to bring comfort, but as soon as we start talking about comfort, in my mind, I go almost straight to after a long day of work, I go home, take off my work clothes, put on my comfy clothes, you know, it might be pajamas, it might be that old t-shirt, certainly that old pair of shoes with a hole just in the right place to be very comfortable for you. And you put your feet up after a long day of hard work and you say, ah, oh, finally, I get my time. I put in my work, I put in my effort, I did everything that I could today, and now I get to rest and relax. Comfort, it seems, comes to us in this way as a small little reward for a hard day's effort. Maybe that's at school. Maybe that's at work. Maybe that's volunteering or working in your garden. But when you're done with your work, you say, now it's my time and I get to relax and take the comfort of this world. Turn on my video games, turn on Jeopardy, take out a book, whatever it is, you find your comfort. This is how we live in the world, looking for those small little scraps and pieces of comfort that come within the otherworldly difficulties. Because life is hard. 
And we look forward to those little bits and pieces of comfort. But honestly, that's about the only comfort the world can give you. Because it's always driving you and pushing you and saying there's more to do. Did you do enough today? Did you do it well enough? Did you do everything that you should have done? And if you did or didn't, guess what tomorrow brings? Another round of the same. So take your comfort for this 10 or 15 minutes between whatever else is going on in your life, whatever other pressure is pushing down on you, and enjoy it because it's not going to last. It gets even worse for us because our entire lives are built around what we do. And people look at us and say, have you done enough today to be part of our community? And so we end up in our entire lives always trying to tell everybody that we've done enough to make sure that we've earned our food and drink, that we have a place in this world, a place in the group that where we belong. We're always telling people what we've done in order to justify ourselves to them. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is sent to us to speak the word of Christ that interrupts and destroys this whole way of being. It's no wonder they had to kill Jesus, right? Because he came to them to say, I've got a kingdom not of this world for you. A kingdom of mercy and God's favor. A kingdom where you don't have to do anything, but God does it all for you. And the whole world said, that's what we've been waiting for, right? No. The entire world said, stop saying things like that. You're stealing our comfort. You're taking away my 15 minutes in my comfortable shoes with that hole just in the right place. Cut it out. What you're talking about means an entirely new existence. And Jesus said, exactly. I'm trying to give you an entire life of peace and freedom and the grace of God not just for 15 minutes a day because you've earned it. That's the life of a slave. That's the spirit of slavery that Jesus came to confront in the world, to pull his people out of, to take us out of the rat race, and to give us a comfort, not just of the small little bits, but the comfort of Christ's promise in all that we do. It feels like an attack, taking you away from all of your favorite things, the, the very things that you build your life around in order to find those little bits of comfort, to, to steal that away, to give you an actual comfort. The comfort of Christ's eternal life and the promise of forgiveness for all that you have done and have left undone. The comforts of the Spirit that reminds us that we did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into the fear, to look out into the world and to wonder, have I done enough? Have I done everything I've sh I should have? And have I done it well enough? But we have received in Christ, through the Spirit, the spirit of adoption. 
The spirit of adoption that says, you not only belong, but you have a place there forever. The kingdom has a place for you. Not because of what you've done or what you will do. Not because of you should have done more, but because God has prepared a place for you in Jesus Christ who has taken your sin, died your death, and gone ahead of you into life so that you would no longer be trapped both by the workings of this world and the slavery to sin and death, but would be freed to be children of God and heirs of his kingdom. Heirs, remember, do not earn what they get. It's given as a gift. It's given as a grace. It's given because of who you are, not because of what you do. And you are children of God, co-heirs with Christ in the kingdom. The Spirit is given to us on Pentecost Day and always to speak this word throughout the world, to have no boundaries of language or nation, to never say that tribe is out and this one is in, but sends us out of our comfort zone and into the world to speak that word of forgiveness and peace that makes sinners children of God. The kingdom is ours. Christ's spirit comes to our ears to speak this word over and over again, reminding us even as the world and its slavery tries to pull us back and steal our comfort and return us to fear, that we have nothing to fear, not even death itself. For in the promise of Christ spoken to us through the Spirit, we get to deny sin and death altogether. When they come and speak and say, but you haven't done enough, death still clings, look all around, the world is in trouble, we get to say, you're absolutely right, but the Spirit has given me Christ's promise that I have to listen to none of that any longer. Because the promise of Christ says this, I, you, we are children of God, and the Spirit reminds us daily. Amen.